calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome back to another episode of Awkward Sex in the City. It has been a week since you've heard this voice, unless you play this episode on repeat or the episodes on repeat, because like, why not? Um, today we have someone that's just like so special. Sharon Spell is just such a gem of a human, just so empathetic, so honest, and has really lived a lot of shit and just has come out on the other end, just such a great person. You can see her performing at UCB for Comedians Taping Sets Stand Up. And she has a monthly show called Gems at Halyards, and the next one is February 26th, and you can always check out her website, SharonSpell.com. I'm not going to say much about, like, what the episode is, because it's just, I think it's a good episode, and I don't want to, like, fuck it up uh, by ruining or spoiler alert. So just, you know, have a fun listen. That's like having anal so you can say a virgin. (laughs) Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was still a mouth virgin. You want to come sit in my comedy shows in the front row and expect me to be funny while I wonder how you feel about me? I'm Why a grown not? adult woman with no self-esteem. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Cross state lines for the rest of this story. Just, yeah. oh, here it comes. Okay, so you, you've got a story. You've got a story that you love. Um, I love that I'm on the other side of this story. Okay, that is very <laughs> so- fair. <laughs> Uh, so years ago, uh, my marriage ended and usually at the end of a marriage, there has been no sex for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was true in my case. Uh, there had been no sex for a while and I dated somebody when my marriage ended, but also we were together maybe six to nine months. It was, you know, one of those things and we did not have a lot of sex. Oddly, mm-hmm. it was, it was a comfort that was that kind of relationship where okay, yeah. it, there was a lot of affection, which yeah. I did need, but yeah. I also needed P and the V. Yeah. And it was surprisingly hard to get and not hard. It was not hard, but it was hard for me to get. Uh, I arranged like a one night stand through OkCupid okay and that went well. Uh-huh. But then like I wanted a boyfriend and I wanted to meet somebody ideally outside of comedy. And so I uh, joined a singing group 
and it was like anybody could join. It probably still exists, but it's um, sacred harp singing. Oh my God, that's so cute. Do you know this? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> it is an ancient form of singing. It refers to your voice, which is the sacred harp, the natural instrument given to you by God. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a pun of sacred heart, like it, a, like a, um, uh, an acapella name. Like, it's, hi, we're the Sacred Hearts. It's not unlike that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going uh, to sing some songs without music. But it was a way <laughs> uh, in old, older times to uh, teach people music without the aid of an instrument. Okay. And it was used in the United States for more rural churches or poorer churches that could not afford instruments. Oh, okay. Um, and my dad's family came up singing Sacred Harp songs. And so I have an interest in it and wanted to... Uh, reignite that part of my brain and yeah. sing and do something that was not drinking or smoking or making jokes in a basement. Uh, yeah, because was this in New York or was this in the South? In New York. This in New York, York City. Okay. Everything is here. That is very true. Everything is here. <laughs> Sacred harp singing is probably still here. I am no longer affiliated with the group. <laughs> so I'm sure they're fine and I'm sure this guy is fine. Uh, I am not sure of that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> None of us ever are. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, this guy is part of this group. And uh, we end up chatting. And he ends up asking me to hang out. And we end up sleeping together. And it is adequate. It is fine. Like, it, P and the V, mm -hmm. everything works. Everything works. <laughs> it's fine, you know. And then we hook up a few more times, and then I don't hear from him. Okay. And this guy, I'll I'll paint a picture of who this guy is. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, you know how you start seeing somebody, and your friends give him a nickname before he has an actual name. Uh huh. So this guy's nickname was Amish. I have a very distinct picture already in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he lived in Williamsburg. Uh, wore a hat all the time. Not indoors, actually. He would take it off indoors. So in that way, he was a gentleman. He was a gentleman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the little like, motion you just did. I don't, know, I don't even know how to describe for, it. For podcasts, I did. Uh, it's like a chef's kiss, uh, okay sign with your hand, but as if you're holding the brim of a hat and then a little nod. Yeah, there yeah. we go. That was perfect. Chef's kiss, hat, nod. <laughs> uh, so Amish disappeared. Okay. But that was okay. But I saw him at the sings, and then we wouldn't hang out after. And I thought, all right, well, that is what it is, mm -hmm. you know. And then after a few months go by, he calls me with a voice telephone call with his human voice on the other line. And you'd only texted before, pretty right? much, okay. yeah. And he said, uh, "So basically, you probably noticed I kind of disappeared, and it was because I was seeing somebody." Ah, and I didn't want to see both of you at the same time, but now she's out of the picture and I hope we can still be friends. Okay. But he wasn't trying to like get back in your pants? Not immediately. Okay. Or, well, I'll get to it. So <laughs> what I said to him at that point, and I'm very proud of myself for having these words available. Mm -hmm. I said, if you want to be my friend, show, don't tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Cause he, he disappeared on you. Yeah. And so then we started hanging out, you know, very platonically, very like easing into things. Uh -huh. And then there was a Sacred Harp singing convention happening in Rhode Island. And he asked, he called me, another human voice telephone call, <laughs> to see if I wanted to go 
to this convention. Uh huh. And I took a moment and I said, your invitations are often ambiguous. Are you asking me to go to the convention or are you asking me to go to the convention with you? Yeah. And what did he say? He said, I'm asking you to go with me. Okay. So this is like a date. And that is how I interpret it. Okay. Even though I pay for my own Peter Pan bus to Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how he's rolling. And that's, I'm working with it because again, my self-esteem is under the floor at this point. This is is post-divorce, post, like, I just, I'm trying to get something. Yeah. You're trying to get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I pay my own way, but I don't think much about that because he's broke mm-hmm. and I'm not a monster and, and like it's a date, but it, these are, this is what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we hold hands on the bus a little bit and then we get to Boston and that's when he like hugs me and starts passionately kissing my neck. Right after you got on the, off- after we got off the bus, we're in Boston. Okay. Lots of Boston around us. Lots of. Lots of Americana history. Yeah, Lots of, yeah, yeah. Like three pointed hats in the ether. They're just all around us. Tea party, like the old tea party, not the new tea party. All around us. Oh yeah, wafts of tea. Because I know that bus depot. I've taken it <laughs> many a times. It is a weird and dark. Yeah. But then you get outside, and there is like a lot of history, like it's, right, yeah, like immediately, right there. Right there. Um, what a weird place to just want a neck. But it's only my neck that he's kissing. Huh. What a weird place to neck and what a weird place to neck just on my neck. What did you do? Were you just kind of like, okay, like how did, how, how does one, uh, I'm a little confused, but I'm also getting some affection. So I'm taking it. Okay. And I'm also booked to be on the comedy studio that night because why not multitask Yeah. while I'm in Boston, we're going to spend the night in Boston and then go to Rhode Island the next morning. Yeah. So we walk around Boston, we get some dinner. I do my show. Mm-hmm. His friend meets us. His friend is driving us to uh, his home in the suburbs mm-hmm. where we're spending the night in his parents' big home. Mm-hmm. And everybody has separate bedrooms. And, you know, I'm I'm operating on a lot of faith here. Yeah. But it all works out. And we get to this home in the suburbs. I don't know where I am. I don't have my own means of transportation. Yeah. Uh, I barely have a cell phone. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. I, but I get there thinking, like, this is where we hook up again. Yeah. It's where the magic's going to happen. Your friend. Magic. This guy's friend's parents' house. Sure. Why not? Why not Why not go back to high school forever? <laughs> I'm why a grown not? adult woman with no self-esteem. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Cross state lines for the rest of this story. Just, yeah. oh, here it comes. So <laughs> we get to the place, and I go up to my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I prepare for bed. And I leave the door open, and then he comes up uh, to go to his bedroom, and he stops at my door, and I pat the bed next to me. Bedspread is still on. Uh-huh. Bed's still made. And he sits with me on the bed, and then we start rolling around on top of the bedspread. Uh-huh. And again, going to town on my neck, like a shy vampire who's never actually punctured the skin, just like a little gnaws at it, like uh-huh. maybe... Maybe a, a blister will happen. It'll get some nourishment. Just like very <laughs> light, literal necking. Never on my mouth. And it, I'm not just confused at this point. I'm annoyed. Yeah, I would be too. And he pulls back and he notices my annoyance. And he asks, do you notice I'm not kissing your mouth? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> no said, shit. Yeah, I do notice that. 
And he asked, do you know why? And I thought, I, I'm not a detective. I'm not a Scorpio. I'm not anywhere in this vicinity. <laughs> Just tell me what is happening. And he said, well, you remember when before and I disappeared because I was seeing someone while I'm seeing someone again. And so he thought the way to communicate that to you <laughs> was to passionately kiss you on the neck Just on my only. Neck. That's like having anal so you can say a virgin. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I was still me? a mouth virgin. <laughs> I mean, not really because we had already. But, you know, it, the logic there is just out the window no matter how you try to dissect it. What a piece of shit. <laughs> I hate him. And so I I had been a little tipsy. I had some drinks during the night. And, uh-huh. And that's when, like, you know, like, that moment you just sober up. Oh, like, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, you are ready to, like, take care of business. And I sat straight up in the bed and looked at him and pointed a finger at his face and said, you need to go to your own room. <laughs> You've been bad. <laughs> and he, your cell phone. But he, he started saying, no, I'm being a good boy. I'm being a good boy. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amish. Yeah, you're not being a good boy. You're not being a good boy, Amish. Oh. No, no, no. Bad Amish. Bad. And you're in the suburbs now. And And I have nothing creepier than being in the suburbs. Yeah. All of a sudden you just feel off. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why I'm sending him out of that room. And it dawns on me just fully how uh, like stranded I am. Yeah. And I've registered to lead a song in the convention the next day. So you can't just go home. And my name is on it. Yeah. I have to go to the convention. Oh. I have to honor my name and my commitment and cuz that's just who I am, uh-huh. but also like I have I I don't I have no escape. Oh my There's god. There's no plan B here. Where is the other dude? Living his life blissfully unaware that any of this is happening. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know where that guy was. Uh I know where I was in my own personal hell of my making. <laughs> But also, I was led there. I was going to say, that was not of your making. He led you on. Yeah. Because in, like, how much of a time span was it since he asked you to go to the convention and then the actual convention happened? I would say about a week. So he met someone in a week or he, well, two things happened. He either met someone in a week or he felt on the spot and was already seeing someone but wanted to keep you as an option. I think that's that one. I think, I think it is that too. One. Yeah. I think Amish thought he had it like that. <laughs> he had it like that. But he did not have it like that. I just can't get over that. He was like, I'm going to kiss you in a very intimate and vulnerable spot. Yeah. And that is not cheating. Like if she walked past that room and saw us on the bed rolling around, yeah. she would say, oh no, I see that he's only kissing her neck. So that is okay. <laughs> because if, I, if they were in an open relationship, you lead with that information. Yeah. They were not in an open relationship because he led with no information. Yeah. No, he's just straight up cheating. Yeah. Like, that's the difference because we literally just talked about this in the last podcast. Open relationship means a shit ton of communication. Yeah. Cheating means you're lying. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I have so Ugh. much respect for people in open relationships. Mm-hmm. It sounds exhausting to me because I can't talk that much to <laughs> I want somebody to be boring and secretive with and just one person. Just one person. But like, <laughs> that's all. But like, I love people in open relationships because they know what they want and they are very yeah. like open and communicative about their wants and needs and meeting their wants and needs. Absolutely. This dude was just a liar. Yeah. And 
So the next morning, I'm just trying to save face and I put makeup on like an optimist. Like I'm not going to cry at all off all day. (laughs) I've learned how to cry very well with makeup on. Just cry at an angle, like tilted forward, like you're eating over the sink. Because then all the tears just fall down and not smearing your makeup. I always love seeing myself after I've cried with makeup on and just being like, you dramatic little bitch. You know, you just like see it. I love it. It's actually how if I'm having like PMSing really badly, that's how I get myself out of it. It's like I'll look in the mirror and be like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And then you're like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. And then, but that's a good tip that you just lean. (laughs) The things women do. (laughs) It's all the patriarchy's fault. Um, uh, yes. So we go to the convention and I just sit in the back mm-hmm. and people aren't looking at me because they're all doing their own thing. And it's very easy to cry in public. It feels a lot like crying on the subway mm-hmm. at, at this point. But I'm in a country church in Rhode Island uh, with a bunch of people singing ancient songs. And this is shape note singing. You've probably heard this singing at yeah, some point, I'm like not- as background for like a Civil War movie or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so okay. like Amazing Grace is an ex- the most popular example of this kind of singing. So very emotional. Like, like and under- religious. Yeah. So- yeah. Singing in a uh, four-part har- harmony. Which possibly made you cry harder. Like yeah. having that in and, the background would make it worse for yeah, me. Yeah. And thinking about my family and my parents who were ill at the time and far mm-hmm. away and like I did this to feel more connected to my family and it made me feel more alienated and alone. Mm-hmm. And so I get through the day and it's four something in the afternoon mm-hmm. and the dude finally comes up to me. Oh, I see. Oh, I've skipped over. I lead my song. Oh, okay. Which I've never done as good an acting job. I think as I did leading that song, I was able to uh, dry the tears for a little bit and I did not, uh, I started singing and then I had to like cut out my singing because of my feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to go through the motions of leading with my arms mm-hmm. and I did it and sat down and I wish I could have enjoyed it. Oh, you know, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I'm glad I went. I'm glad to know what it felt like to be in the middle of that room. Yeah. But like this guy's jerkery messed everything up yeah and so it gets to be the end of the day things are winding down and this guy appropriately is going off on a different journey of his own Mm -hmm. he was already planning to go to a different singing convention after that but I had we had arranged a ride with different friends of his to go back to Boston so I could get the bus back to New York City Uh uh-huh and so he comes over and talks to me and asks are are we ever going to talk about this And I looked at him and said, it was all I could do to keep it together today. And now I need to go home. Yeah. What did he say to that? Nothing. Wow. What could could he say? I mean, apologize or be like, I fucked up. But he probably doesn't think he's done anything wrong. I don't think he did because there was an email later. But anyway. There's an email? Just wait for for it. What a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. So the friends drive me back to Boston. And again, my acting is on par because I don't want anyone to know anything that this dude has done. Yeah. Because it, it, if I even broach the subject uh-huh. with them at all, it makes it look like I'm hurt about his rejection. And that's not what I'm hurt about. Yeah. I'm hurt at the, the lying. 
Yeah, the lying, like the manipulation. Yeah. yeah. But if I say anything to these friends in this car, it makes it sound like, oh, yeah. Him. She's like butthurt over you. She loves yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that at all. I yeah. want to be done and run away. Yeah. And go forward. So uh, that was uh, the best bus ride back to New York. Oh, my God. I bet. Ever. Uh, the bus could not fly fast enough. I. I wanted, I wanted my hair to whip in the wind. I wanted my, ter- my shirt to not touch my back. Like, let's go. The bomb is on the bus. Let's go. And an underrated place to cry is the bus. Like, oh, yeah. Like a mega bus, a bolt bus, Peter Pan. I think I've cried on every single one of those. <laughs> like, for real. For so many reasons. For heartbreak, for manipulation, for where I felt like where I was in my career. Just, like, full-blown crying, sobbing, because someone is eating Indian food. <laughs> On that bus where someone just opened up like a tuna fish salad, just the salad, like nothing else or just something weird is happening that other people are looking at. Like they don't give a shit about. And both those things that you mentioned, I would totally eat those things, but maybe not on a bus. You hit a point because I so I'm from um, Virginia, so I took the mega bus for like eight years back and forth and then with touring you hit a point where you just understand there are no rules on the bus <laughs> there just there are no social rules on yeah. buses and you start to be like well join them like you can't fight it like you're gonna be stuck in this bus for how many hours depending right. on traffic if you want to eat a tuna salad go for it if you want to uh, tikka masala sure. go right. for it you learn to just like be with it like but- Peter Pan it and just stay forever young. You're just like, this is my, my never world. What is it called? What is it? His world? Uh, Neverland. Neverland. Yeah. There it is. You, this is your Neverland where you don't have to grow up. It's this fucking bus yeah. with a bathroom on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear though, that you got to leave without him because I was assuming that you guys would have to be stuck on the bus coming back. Yeah. And I was just like, how does that work? You could even like sit near each other. I would like, not. Yeah. I would not. I'm glad to hear that. I would try to arrange it so that I left earlier than he left so that he, you know, like be on a different bus. But uh uh-uh. So it was like a couple days later I got an email from him. Oh, my God. And it was the gist of it was, I'm sorry if you got hurt. Oh, fuck you. When you misunderstood. That sort of Hmm. thing. And it was maybe like five paragraphs. It was a tome. Wow. And he hoped that we could have more fun singing in the future. Wow. And it was, it was, the tone of it was not an apology and more like, uh, you misunderstood and you're emotional about it. Oh my God. And I didn't respond. Uh Uh-huh. Not responding to that. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I would fucking delete it. Uh, and Basically, if he had spent half as much time not lying and just behaving correctly, half as much time uh-huh. as he spent composing that email <laughs> of five paragraphs, uh-huh. he would never have to send that email at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it takes is like legit, like accurate communication. Yeah. He could have been like, you gave him the opportunity yeah. to be like, is this like friends or is this something else and he said something else like he was like i want you to come with me yeah that is i like i i'm just dumbfounded by how ridiculous this is he thought he had it like that how old was this guy if you know uh he was 
close to 40. So, yeah, too old to be doing this. Was he a good singer? He was adequate. Everything about him was like good, average, adequate, nothing outstanding, nothing underwhelming. I mean, underwhelming, yes, but you know, like he was, he's just a dude. And part of me thinks like he knows he's just a dude, so he gets what he can when he can. I, um, I had a similar situation with a dude where I had just gotten out of like an emotionally abusive relationship Mm. and you lose part of yourself, right? Yeah. And you try that's all you're trying yeah. to do is to find yes. yourself again and find yourself with another person to make sure that you can. And there was this guy who's also in the comedy world. Um, but I what's beautiful about that dude, because I feel like a lot of people have this person after like a really bad relationship, is you get to see the signs quicker and you finally get to be like, you kind of get to put the boundaries that you never were kind of able to in the bad relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I remember I thought it was something else. And then I had a friend be like, hey, I just want you to know, I've seen him do this to multiple people. You're not dating the way that you think you are. And then when I, I like was straight up with him, I was just like, what is going on? And he was just like, oh, I thought this was just like, we're having fun. And I was like, that's not what I want. Cried for a day and then was over it. And then he still did bullshit stuff where he'd be like, hey, what's up? Nope. How are you? And it's like, nope, that's not what... It's not what we're doing here, but it it gets, while it sucks, like in the moment you get to finally have that first step of like, I'm setting my boundary. I'm getting back to like a spot where I want to be like finding yourself again in that sense. So I hate that this happened to you, but you were so quickly able to be like, no, fuck this. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But it gets easier the more you practice it. Yes. And it is a practice. Boundaries are a practice. Because mm-hmm. they keep changing. Constantly. <laughs> which is good. Sometimes with the same person in the same relationship. Yeah. Same, you have to like reestablish rules and keep communication going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all this talking. I love talking. <laughs> no, I love talking. So do you remember like the first good sex after your divorce and after Amish? After Amish. Because Amish wasn't good, right? It was just like it was fun. the parts were there. It was, yeah. Um, well, the one night stand in between was good, but I didn't oh, want right. to continue that. It uh-huh. was literally just like, I want to make sure. And he was like very appreciative. And mm-hmm. that appreciation makes it so nice. Yeah. Like you said, you're very good at this. And I said, thank you. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. That's yeah. what I needed. Uh, but he wanted to see me again and I didn't want. I didn't want it. Yeah. Um, but the first person I felt a connection with, I ended up dating. He, this ended up being a toxic relationship also. Um, but we ended up seeing each other for the course of like nine months again, something like that. Mm-hmm. And like there were so many good parts to it, but the toxic parts were just awful. Uh, yeah. Do we have time for bullet points? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think we've only been recording for like 30 <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. No, we're I've good. I've gotten really good with my baggage and packing and unpacking it that I'm like a light traveler with these stories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have a lot to, you know, it's like one pair of black pants and uh, a blazer and I'm good for the weekend. You're like, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this dude and I knew each other in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but then we reconnected here in New York. And things like got off to a good start. Like he was interested in me and having sex with me and the sex was good. Mm-hmm. But he was also 
in the middle of a divorce, oh, which okay. one of my personal rules has been, you know, you need to date somebody who's free and clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I had known this guy before I moved to New York, before both of us moved to New York, mm-hmm. I gave him more allowances than I should have. Mm-hmm. Like, looking back, if we had, like, dallied a few times... <laughs> Had a few dalliances, you know, like you do. I'm doing a hat tip again, uh, like a, a gentleman and lady, uh, like folks do. Um, things would be fine now mm-hmm. if I had not continued to date him. But he, uh, he was in the middle of figuring out his divorce, and he was also not emotionally available to her. And then he became emotionally unavailable to me, which uh, I know that pattern. Yeah. But also, I know my pattern of, well, maybe things will change. Because I saw the nice behavior early on. Uh So maybe he'll repeat that. Yeah. That is not good thinking. No. But we all do it. It's very human to see the best in people. Yes. And I think it's healing for people, maybe for the audience to hear that it does happen to a lot of people. Like, it helped me to hear other people's breakup stories and, like, rebound stories. Yeah. When I was in the middle of it to know, like, oh, they seem okay now. So maybe I'll be okay. Yeah. And so, like, I don't beat myself up about the choices I made, but I do see now in 2020 hindsight that, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, He was not emotionally available, and that's what happened. Like, uh, so Christmas came around, and I went home to Mississippi, and my parents were ill. And the last few years I went home, uh, I went home in more of a caretaker, caregiver capacity. Mm Mm-hmm. Caretaker is like for a building. That caregiver is more of a. I honestly don't know if there is a difference, but probably. Yeah, I guess caretaker. Like, what's his face from The Shining was the caretaker <laughs> of the hotel. <laughs> so you'd be a caregiver. English is so confusing. It's, it it always fails us. Uh, so so his birthday is a month after that, and I go over and above what I can afford, but I find ways to do it, and it's restaurant week, and I find like you know, a discount way to take him to a restaurant. I go to Marshall's and I get him a Le Creuset stock pot, Aww. you know, like a nice stock pot, but from Marshall's. So I don't spend a lot of money yeah, on it. Yeah. And he opens the gifts and he eats the dinner and he seems off and I can't put my finger on it. And we don't have sex that night. And then the day after his birthday, he breaks up with me. <gasps> and I think about it as he's doing it. Like he had already planned to do this, but he knew I got him gifts and was taking him to a restaurant. So he waited till he got his stuff to say, I think we need to take a break. What a dick. What a dick. I was like away from the, the microphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I'm very proud of myself also in this moment because he said, but I still want to hang out. I still want to come to your shows. I said, you want to come sit in my comedy shows in the front row and expect me to be funny while I wonder how you feel about me? Yeah. And he said, I guess I didn't think that through all the way. I said, I guess you didn't. You want to be, you want to take a break? Let's take a break. That is like such a man- manipulative thing to do because my emotionally abusive ex did that once. He like showed up to like an improv 301 graduation. Oh, I'm so sorry. And we had just broken up. I know. <laughs> it was terrible. We had like just broken up and I was like, what the fuck? Like he'd broken up with me. Um, I can't remember why because we broke up a million times. <laughs> and I'll never forget this one girl who was so wise and I didn't realize how much she was looking out for me at that point because I was probably like 24 25 and she was probably in her 30s and she's in LA now um if you listen you're an amazing person um but she was just like 
while she saw him because he like took me away to talk while people were like get like we were like warming up and when I was like I gotta yeah I was like I gotta go to my group and she like took me to the side and she was like someone that cares about you would care about what you're doing too and wouldn't show up to something like this and make you feel like shit and it didn't hit until like a year later Mm. when we finally broke up but I didn't realize like what she was saying. She was saying, this is not a good person for you. He does not care about you. Because we actually would get to back together that night after all of it. And I had mm-hmm. a terrible performance, but that was partially because I'm also a terrible improviser. But it's a skill. I mean, it's it's hard. It's you, a good thing to have yeah. like for other things. But it's yeah. It's a great to have. I work at an improv theater, you know, that's so my, you know, yeah, so I know like I, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy doing it for fun, but mm-hmm. it's not the fire in my belly to say exactly. I'm taking like, I, I like sketch and I like, you know, writing and storytelling and storytelling. So, yeah, yeah, you're a great storyteller. Oh, you. Yeah, uh, it is a really good skill to learn how to change people's names in your phone. Mm. Uh, you don't have to block them, but mm-hmm. put a, I put selfish robot as his name. So when I saw a selfish robot was texting me, mm-hmm. I would think, do I want to text a selfish robot? I do not. I do not want that. <laughs> it's very ex machina. <laughs> no, it's ex machina. How do you say it? Machina. I never saw it. But I'd be like, I no, I don't want to. Latin is hard. Latin's harder than English. Is it really that is. Latin? Is it? I don't know Latin. <laughs> fine. Uh, it's fine. It's all fine. It's just communication. Yeah. Are we saying the things we need to say? Yes, we are. So, but I got back together with yeah, him. Yeah, as I say, so you got back. And, oy. so, but then, like, that lasted another few months, and he, he hadn't learned anything from the radio silence, and he was not being a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so I broke up with him again, this time by email. I'm not proud of that, but also he was not being a good boyfriend. Like, he was coming to my shows but falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And, like, just go home. Just go home, yeah. What Love are you, you doing? Yeah, dr- drawing all the energy out of the room with there, your sleep. There is this need. Uh, uh, I feel like people have this uh, to be um, polite when they break up of like, oh, you should do it face to face. Oh, you should do this. But I'm in the camp of like, if this person treated you like shit, like why do yeah. you need to go out of your way to end it? Yeah, it was fine. And then he found a way to like open the door for friendship again. But that open door led back to having sex again ah and and that's the thing you were asking like good sex it was good it Mm -hmm. was connected like when we were together it was it felt good but I thought we were back together over the summer and that was summer 2011 and I went to LA and I came back to New York and that's when I got a phone call from uh my oldest brother that my mother had fallen into a coma oh fuck and uh the next day my dad had a seizure and they found out that he didn't have dementia he had brain tumors oh, and they've been fuck. treating him for uh parkinson's and other things but he had had uh like five tumors and 10 other masses that had grown and so i ended up going home to mississippi that week and while i'm making the plans to go i call this dude mm-hmm. and i'm c- crying my eyes out yeah like, this is sudden because they've been sick for a while but i'm i'm stunned and i I reach out to him and he's listening to me. He's being very engaging and connected and like his mother had passed away. So he had dealt with some of this already. And, uh-huh. and I hear him being present on the phone with me and I say, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we are friends. No. 
And that's when I got sober again. I'd had like so, like a bottle and a half of wine <laughs> with my dinner that night at home. Uh, and, and I just said, friends. And he said, you know, I can't be in a relationship right now. I told you that. I don't remember. I don't remember his saying that, but. Yeah, usually uh, that's a big one that people remember. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> he like whispered to the side. He's like, I love you, but I can't. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I took the phone away from my head and held it like, you know, ho- I was holding a skull, you know, <laughs> like his skull. Uh, I may not have heard you before, but I hear you now. You cannot be in a relationship and we are not in a relationship. Very Hamlet of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a good actor. You are. Um, I put the phone back to my ear and he just quietly asked, why does it sound like you're not going to talk to me again for a while? And I said, that's the best idea you've had all night. Good night. And I hung up. Yeah. But during this uh, very vulnerable time, this dude reaches out again. And he sends me a package that, of a mug that was from my parents' home uh-huh. that uh, I left at his apartment. And he said, I thought you might want this back to remember your dad by. Fuck. Because that's kind of nice. Yeah. And he could do things like that. He was capable of kindness like most robots and ai if you do the algorithm correctly like there will be (laughs) semblances of of humanity and like bits of punchlines but uh for the most part they're still a robot yeah and they are trying to compute things so that was it was nice and it opened the door to a conversation where we are emailing again and i and he said like i know i messed up and i know that I got more than I gave, and I know you deserved a better boyfriend than I was, and I hope that we can open the door for friendship and see where it leads from there. How did you feel? Very open and vulnerable, and I wanted some comfort. Yeah. And this was the comfort that came to me, and I went for it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And my friends and my family all said, no, don't do this again. (laughs) But they were not offering me the comfort that he was. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. You know? And I told him in an email, uh, I still have feelings for you and I can't open myself for more sorrow than I've already been through this year. Yeah. Uh, so if we try again and things mess up, then this is the end. That's a very fair boundary. That's yeah. a very clear boundary, too. So we start. You literally have a receipt. Yeah. And we start hanging out again. He comes to see me at work. And one day he comes to my apartment in January. Mm-hmm. It's not long into January. And we end up making out on my couch. And it's just making out. And mm-hmm. he does go home. But it has my girlfriend feelings going. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I feel healed I feel like whole again I feel like life is worth living and a week later we go to brunch and he's being all cagey again yeah and he said like I just I just want to make sure that you're okay you know I I don't want you to get hung up on me again and I want you to be okay when I start seeing other people I want to slap the shit out of this man Kayla, my therapist, not therapist, Kay- Kayla, my therapist, Kayla, my producer has literally just like turned her chair away <laughs> and has put her head on the wall. Men, if you are like this, women, if you're like this, anyone, if you're like this, like go fuck yourself, yeah. go yeah. fuck yourself and do the work on yourself that you need to do and stop hurting other people. Uh, 
And I realize at this moment, like, this is the last time I will see this dude. Yeah. If I have any power over this. And so far, so good. But I I just thought, like, say what you need to say to him because this is it. Uh-huh. And I'm crying, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at a restaurant in the East Village. I have to go to work after this. I'm working that night. And so, uh, and I just said to him, you don't want me, and it still hurts. Yeah. And he tried to hug me, and I shrugged him off, and he got flustered with that and stormed off. And as upset as I was seeing that, mm-hmm. my inner older sister turned my shoulders around the opposite way on the sidewalk and said, go, don't look back, you're mm-hmm. done, this is a gift. Yeah. So after that, I dated, I did not date for a while because, I mean, what do you put on your OkCupid profile? Do you like tears? I got them. Guess what? (laughs) Going through a lot of shit. Are you ready? Hold me. And I had some dalliances here and there, but it was really like the next, a few years after that, that I stopped drinking and started working on myself and got into therapy and got health insurance and got like medical checkups and like started really taking care of me and being my own lover emotionally spiritually physically yeah that I was ready to see somebody who was emotionally spiritually physically available for me yeah and I've been in a very healthy loving relationship for three and a half years now Mm -hmm. uh it's maybe a little emotionally unhealthy how much I love his parents more than I love him Uh, but we talk about it openly, so it's all good. Yeah, as long as you're communicating about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just, God, I think it's really important if you've just to do the work on yourself and not, not like the whole, you have to love yourself before anyone else can love you. Cause I don't believe that. I do think you have to do the work on yourself. So you know, your boundaries right? and you don't fall into the same patterns because like, I think a lot of us do that. Like I, um, I still deal with being uh, unable to not be the caregiver. It's like literally my job, been my job for 15 years, um, done it with multiple relationships. But once you learn that boundary of like, oh, I can't do this, it just gives you so much more clarity when you're around people that are trying to get you to do that mm. or something. Like just mm-hmm. using that as an example of... Um, <clears throat> of breaking the toxic pattern of like who you're dating. Like, why are these guys toxic? Why are these women toxic? Um, Because everything is so we're always projecting a lot and trying to get like this perfect scenario. And so if anyone's listening that is going through something that's where they see a pattern, it's not that you have to love yourself. You have to just know your boundaries and like who you are. And it takes a lot of work. Like, After my ex, I took like a full year to like figure it out. And in retrospect, that was quick as fuck. Mm. But it was hard to watch. And then this person was in comedy and watch them be very successful. while I took like a step back. And even to this day, if I see them get success, I'm always just like, fuck you. Like, I know you're still a terrible person. Hmm. Um, And that kind of makes me happy, which what does that say about me that I'm petty, Uh. you know? You got hurt. You got hurt. Yeah. You're going to feel ways. Yeah. yeah. Again, therapy's great, too, because my therapist has been like, yeah, of course you're going to fucking feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of lost where I was going with it, but yeah. Well, if you don't act on your pettiness, then it's okay. Like feeling petty (laughs) is normal. Yeah. But acting on the petty is petty. Yes. Yeah. And that's just immature. And then that's toxic in its own way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Feeling petty. Talking about feeling petty. Uh, Wonderful. Right. (laughs) Here for it. (laughs) I love to gossip. I love to gossip. That is a problem. I do love to gossip. I'm always like, have you heard? That's our business. That is our business. Your business is our business. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we do. Yeah. We are on the other side now. Um, I want to remind you guys that the 13th, we will be in Philadelphia at Punchline Philly. The 14th and 15th, we are at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. And the 16th, we are in Connecticut at Hartford Funny Bone. And then the 22nd, Boston. Remember to go check out SharonSpell.com and see where else Sharon is. She's an amazing storyteller. She's got an amazing story on Risk, which is a great, also another great storytelling podcast. And if you want your stories read out loud, I'd love to hear them. If you have questions that you want read out loud that we like ponder, I cannot guarantee like actual answers because like I am not a health professional. But like anything like that that you'd want to hear us talk about that you've been wondering, anything like that, I would love to hear from you guys for real. Um... Yeah. And like I always say, go masturbate. Go watch some porn that you like. Bye.